0: Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. Hope you're all having a great day so far. And if it's your first time finding me, thanks so much and welcome. Welcome to episode three of my fourth season. Today is Wednesday, September 15th, 2021. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. All right, guys, so let's get right into it today. It's that time of year for those of us in coding education and compliance and consulting. All those shiny new 2022 books are being shipped out one by one. So, some of these new items are already online, so go ahead and start doing the work. Stay ahead of the game because in just a few short weeks, October 1st will be here. So, to better help all of you, I wanted to unpack my newsworthy highlights of the new ICD 10CM coding guidelines for fiscal year 2022. This code set is effective on October 1st. And in my compliance tip today, I dive into my back to basics series with CPT appendices. And I also round out today's episode with a remarkable quote on illumination from the wise words of Edith Norton. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations to want to dive in deeper. To use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support and it truly helps my podcast series. As always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 10 years of experience in front office, back end, coding, and billing for multi-specialty physicians, Compliance and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. So let's get into newsworthy. I wanted to go over the new narrative changes made to the official coding guidelines in the ICD 10 CM manual for fiscal year 2022. Remember, these guidelines are effective in just a few short weeks, starting October 1st. The first narrative change occurs in the laterality section contained within general coding guidelines. The additional changes include a new narrative text that starts with, quote, when laterality is not documented by the patient's provider, code assignment for the affected side may be based on medical record documentation from other clinicians. If there is conflicting medical record documentation regarding the affected side, the patient's attending provider should be queried for clarification. Codes for unspecified side should rarely be used, such as when the documentation in the record is insufficient to determine the affected side, and it is not possible to obtain clarification. End quote. Wow. So, you know, when I read this, I'm quite happy that ICD 10 for fiscal year 2022 has included this new narrative chunk. This is going to be incredibly helpful for certified medical coders we're now instructed to be able to use the medical record documentation from other clinicians, right? If their medical record documentation is more specific in their laterality and they are providing specified sides and body parts, we are able to use that documentation to abstract codes more sufficiently and more efficiently. So I like this additional chunk of text because I know I myself have often found myself over the years scratching my head as I read provider medical record documentation that does not support the laterality of the patient's body parts that they're treating. So for example, it's something as simple as a Euflexa knee injection. How could the provider miss documenting what knee they're injecting into. Something as simple as that, but I've seen it many, many times over the years. And remember, we have been consumed with ICD-10-CM in the US since October 1st of 2015. So that was many, many years ago, six years ago, and we should be doing much better. And I'm hoping with this new additional text narrative in the coding guidelines that providers will now be aware that we don't like to use unspecified side. I know I myself have told many a provider this over the years, but hopefully now that it's more official in this coding guidelines section for 2022, we can start to see some change and providers can do much better The EHRs can capture things much better for specificity, because specificity has existed for quite some time, quite some time. All right, let's move on to the next section of change. So in the documentation by clinicians other than the patient's provider section within the general coding guidelines, the additional changes include, quote, code assignment is based on the documentation by the patient's provider. And that means the patient's physician or the patient's other qualified healthcare practitioner who's legally accountable for establishing the patient's diagnosis. But some of these other changes include exceptions. Exceptions when code assignment may be based on medical record documentation from clinicians who are not the patient's provider. So there's more text that's new. So, quote, in this context... Clinicians, other than the patient's provider, refer to healthcare care professionals permitted based on regulatory or accreditation requirements or internal hospital policies to document in a patient's official medical record. These exceptions include codes for body mass index, that's our BMI, depth of non-pressure chronic ulcers, pressure ulcer stage, coma scale. NIH Stroke Scale, or NIHSS, the Social Determinants of Health, or SDOH, Laterality, and Blood Alcohol Level. So, it goes on and talks about the associated diagnoses, such as overweight, obesity, acute stroke, pressure ulcer, or a condition classifiable to category F10, for alcohol-related disorders. These associated diagnoses must be documented by the patient's provider. If there is conflicting medical record documentation, either from the same clinician or different clinicians, the patient's attending provider should be queried for clarification. The BMI, coma scale, NIHSS, blood alcohol level codes, and codes for the social determinants of health should only be reported as secondary diagnoses. Now, a little bit later, in the use of signs, symptoms, unspecified codes section contained within general coding guidelines, there are more narrative changes that include, quote, as stated in the introductory section of these official coding guidelines, a joint effort between the healthcare provider and the coder is essential to achieve complete and accurate documentation, code assignment, and reporting of diagnoses and procedures. The importance of consistent, complete documentation in the medical record cannot be overemphasized. Without such documentation, accurate coding cannot be achieved. The entire record should be reviewed to determine the specific reason for the encounter and the conditions treated." My goodness, I hope you can hear me smiling from ear to ear because these very words are things I talk about all the time in my LinkedIn posts. From day to day, from week to week, I'm a big fan of this type of language. So kudos and bravo to ICD-10-CM for acknowledging the fact that the provider and the coder are on the same team. We play on the same team, and it's essential to achieve complete and accurate documentation, code assignment, and reporting of diagnoses and procedures. Wow. I love this entire new narrative chunk. I can't wait to keep reading it as time goes on. Love it. All right. Let's move on to finally in the use of Z-codes section contained within the general coding guidelines. So there's a small narrative change here that includes, quote, Z-codes, which are the other reasons for healthcare encounters, may be assigned as appropriate to further explain the reasons for presenting for healthcare services, including transfers between healthcare facilities And this new text is, quote, or to provide additional information relevant to a patient encounter, end quote. So some of those possible applicable Z codes include all of these new codes for Z59 for homelessness. There is Z59.1 for inadequate housing, Z59.5 for extreme poverty, Z75.1 for person awaiting admission to adequate facility elsewhere. There is Z75.3 for unavailability and inaccessibility of other, excuse me, of healthcare facilities. Z75.4 for unavailability and inaccessibility of other helping agencies. There is Z76.2 for encounter for health supervision and care of other healthy infant and child. And finally, there's Z99.12 for encounter for respirator or ventilator dependence during power failure. So even later still, okay, there is the new coronavirus things that have been going on during the pandemic, right? So ICD-10 has been paying attention and making changes all along the year, but now the coding books are coming. So in the coronavirus infections in chapter specific coding guidelines for chapter 1 for certain infectious and parasitic diseases it states quote post covid-19 condition for sequela of covid-19 or associated symptoms or conditions that develop following a previous covid-19 infection assign a code or codes for the specific symptom or symptoms or condition, or conditions related to the previous COVID-19 infection, if known, and code U09.9 for post-COVID-19 condition unspecified. Code code U09.9 should not be assigned for manifestations of an active or current COVID-19 infection. If a patient has a condition or conditions associated with a previous COVID-19 infection and develops a new active current COVID-19 infection code U09.9 may be assigned in conjunction with code U07.1 for COVID-19 to identify that the patient also has a condition or conditions associated with a previous COVID-19 infection code or codes for the specific condition or conditions associated with the previous COVID-19 infection and code or codes for manifestation or manifestations of the new active current COVID-19 infection should also be assigned." End quote. So this entire section is very useful for all of these certified coders in the hospital setting. This is a new guideline that you should be reviewing from time to time to make sure that you're capturing, coding, and code sequencing properly. Now, in the next section on chapter two for neoplasms, there are narrative changes here as well that include a big one. And it starts with, quote, breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma breast implant associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma. BIAALCL is a type of lymphoma that can develop around breast implants. Assign code C eighty-four point seven A Anaplastic Large Cell Lymphoma ALK negative breast for BIAALCL. Do not assign a complication code from chapter 19. End quote. So this particular change is very specific to our oncology certified coders. So be mindful of this new additional change. And let's move on to chapter five. For mental, behavioral, and neurodevelopmental disorders, there are substantive narrative changes that I'd like to highlight for mental and behavioral disorders due to psychoactive substance use. So there's an entire new section, number four, which starts with, quote, medical, medical conditions due to psychoactive substance use, abuse, and dependence. Now, medical conditions due to substance use, abuse, and dependence are not classified as substance-induced disorders. Assign the diagnosis code for the medical condition as directed by the alphabetical index along with the appropriate psychoactive substance use, abuse, or dependence code. For example, for alcoholic pancreatitis due to alcohol dependence, assign the appropriate code from subcategory K85.2 for alcohol-induced acute pancreatitis and the appropriate code from subcategory F10.2, such as code F10.20 for alcohol dependence, uncomplicated. It would not be appropriate to assign code F10.288 for alcohol dependence with other alcohol-induced disorder, end quote. It also includes a new section number five, which starts, quote, blood alcohol level. A code from category Y90 for evidence of alcohol involvement determined by blood alcohol level may be assigned when this information is documented and the patient's provider has documented a condition classifiable to Category F10 for alcohol-related disorders. The blood alcohol level does not need to be documented by the patient's provider in order for it to be coded. And lastly, to highlight more of the social determinants of health narrative changes in Chapter 21, Factors Influencing Health Status and Contact with Health Services. There's a new section, Number 17. Titled Social Determinants of Health Codes Describing Social Determinants of Health, SDOH, should be assigned when this information is documented. For social determinants of health, such as information found in categories Z55 through Z65, persons with potential health hazards related to socioeconomic and psychosocial circumstances, code assignment may be based. On medical record documentation from clinicians involved in the care of the patient who are not the patient's provider, since this information represents social information rather than medical diagnoses. A new section also highlights the fact that quote, for example, coding professionals may utilize documentation of social information from social workers, community health workers, case managers, or nurses if their documentation is included in the official medical record, end quote. It goes on and says, patient self-reported documentation may be used to assign codes for social determinants of health as long as the patient's self-reported information is signed off by and incorporated into the medical record by either a clinician or provider. Then there's even more new language that states, quote, Social determinants of health codes are located primarily in these Z-code categories. So these are all new and identified in the coding guidelines and specifically in Chapter 21. So the new categories are many, and let me start with Z55, Problems Related to Education and Literacy. The next one is Z56, Problems Related to Employment and Unemployment. The next one is for Z57, Occupational Exposure to Risk Factors. Then there's Z58, Problems Related to Physical Environment. And Z59, Problems Related to Housing and Economic Circumstances. And Z60, Problems Related to Social Environment. And Z62, for Problems Related to Upbringing. And Z63, other problems related to primary support group, including family circumstances, and Z64 for problems related to certain psychosocial circumstances. And finally, Z65 for problems related to other psychosocial circumstances. So, and that's incredible. Those are many new narrative changes that I'm very happy about. Narrative changes that include additions. These are all great. So it's important that you take the time to go ahead and read the 115 pages of guidelines. There are changes, big or small, every single year, and it's critical for health information management, HIM professionals, certified medical coders, clinical documentation integrity specialists, all of us to be fully aware of all that is new added, revised, whatever the changes may be. After all, it's all about the quality and the integrity of the data that's being reported. Each year, there's more and more specificity that our providers need to be made aware of. Our diagnosis coding should be front and center and held to the highest auditing standards as well, in my opinion, just as and equal to that of when we're auditing procedural codes with either PCS codes in the hospital setting or CPT in the professional space. And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. So in today's new Back to Basics compliance tip, I wanted to focus on the appendices in our CPT coding manual. They have always, always, always existed. Have you been using them to help you? Well, I think it's one of those good things for us to get back to. So let's dive in. Appendix A houses deeper definitions of modifiers, not just that little foldy flap or the back of the front cover of the CPT coding manual. Now I've highlighted in previous episodes where I think that quote unquote shortcut has not done us any favors when it comes to the bad boys and bad girls of modifier 25 and modifier 59, right? Look deeper in Appendix A for modifiers. Now Appendix B is where all of the summary of additions, deletions, and revisions are housed. This is a very useful section for me when I'm organizing an article for publication, when I'm drafting something that requires my knowledge on the history of codes. Then Appendix C houses great and very useful clinical examples. I look at this particular appendix at least quarterly. Then there's Appendix D and that's where you can find the summary of CPT add-on codes. Appendix E is the summary of CPT codes exempt for modifier 51. Appendix F is the summary of CPT codes exempt for modifier 63. Appendix G is long gone. These were where the moderate sedation codes were found, but now are in the guidelines for moderate sedation codes themselves with CPT codes 99151 through 99157. Appendix H is also removed. These were the alphabetical clinic topics listings. Appendix I is also gone. These were the genetic testing code modifiers. Now, when you review Appendix H and I, the AMA does note that if you need this information, you can go ahead and navigate to their website and you will be able to find more information there. Then Appendix J summarizes the electrodiagnostic medical listing of sensory, motor, and mixed nerves that enhances your accuracy of choosing CPT codes 95907 through 95913. Then there's Appendix K, which houses our CPT codes for product pending FDA approval. There are some vaccine codes that are listed there. Then there's Appendix L, which is a cardiology lover's dream come true. It's beautiful to look at with their charts and diagrams and pictures galore. It houses the vascular families. Then in Appendix M, it contains the renumbered CPT codes, citations, crosswalk. Appendix N is filled with a summary of resequenced CPT codes. Appendix O is detailed with multi-analyte assays with algorithmic analyses and proprietary laboratory analyses. And of course, I've been a happy camper with Appendix P this past year, which houses all the CPT codes that may be used for synchronous telemedicine services. This has been great, like I said, during the pandemic for all of us using those telemedicine and telehealth services all of those that include communication with patients via two-way audio and video. And of course, with bated breath, I'm waiting for my new CPT 2022 codebook to arrive because that's where we will finally find Appendix Q. So I know I've been taking notes and scribbling in all the margins of my previous 2021 coding book, for all of the COVID-19 vaccines and vaccine administration codes which the AMA released throughout the year and stated that they will be published in Appendix Q. So Appendix Q is going to house the COVID-19 vaccine and vaccine administration codes in Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, Coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2, Coronavirus Disease, COVID-19 vaccines. Amazing, right? So I hope you can also find joy again in the appendices. These back to basics will hopefully remind you that there's much more detailed information at our fingertips. These details help us in being mindful of our coding capture, ensuring that utilizing the resources that we have available to us. So our end game is to ensure that our provider's clinical documentation is capturing complete accuracy of the patient's medical condition so that we can provide accurate and complete coding abstraction. So a better, smarter approach is one that's proactive and starts by painting a clear, rich, and vibrant medical picture the first time so your certified medical coder can then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, in this week's inspiring quote in Spark is from the first female Pulitzer Prize winner in literature, American author Edith Wharton. There are two ways of spreading light, to be the candle or the mirror that reflects it incredible incredible vision right? I think this is an amazing quote that reminds us to be the light for others or to allow those around us to shine in their own light as well. There are times in our lives that we want to shine. There are other times in our lives when we want that spotlight off of ourselves. We are then ready to celebrate the light within others, those we have nurtured and cultivated. We are then ready for them to lead the way with their light. We all have that light, that brightness within us. It is because of that inner light that we can see the brightness all around us. It surrounds all of us. When we are illuminated from within, the possibilities for ourselves are limitless. I am happy Edith Wharton's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. Please go out, make this a great day an incredible week for yourselves Aim a little higher, do a little more and give back in any way you can in 2021. There's so much each one of us can do. Now, I just wanted to share a little mental health reminder as my final note today. Please do go out, talk to one another, take a little breather, just escape a moment of your insanity or your pressure cooker days. Take walks, get on the phone with the bestie, go shopping, hit the running trail, whatever it is that gives you breath of time out of each day for yourself because you really cannot function at your job very well if you're simply stressed out of your mind. Remember that balance is the key to your mental health, to your overall well-being. So as always, I appreciate you diving into today with me. And if you want more information from me, go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please continue staying safe and healthy, practice safety for one and all during our collective seemingly never, never ending life and times of coronavirus. Thank you so much for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.